What is up, what is up, what is up, everyone, everyone, everyone? It is another day, another time, and another week for Wheel Talk Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have a jam-packed, powerful episode planned for you all tonight. The last episode of the season, I have my girl, Miss Tevis, with me. How you doing, sis? So, Sorry, Simon, do hey. <laughs> so what we're about to do, y'all, is we're about to play the theme song, and then we're about to get this started and uh, go into prayer, and then let our guest introduce themselves. So let's What go. is up? What is up? What is up, y'all? It is another day, another time, and another week for We'll Talk Monday. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into our guest at this time. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are continuing to do. Right now, Lord, we'd ask you to bless this show. Let it be what you would have it to be. Let your name get the glory, your name get the honor, and your name get the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tell us, I'm going to let you take over from here, sis. All right. So, um... Thank you guys all for being here. Of course, I am Tevis. I am the co-host of Real Talk Monday. Um, today, we are going to talk about a topic that is, to me, very important, but I know it's kind of, um, I don't want to say taboo, but it's almost kind of one of those conversations people are scared to have with people. So it's called Growing Up Biracial. I have three wonderful guests, all that I know pretty well. And from here, I'm going to allow you guys just to introduce yourself, your name, where you're from, and anything else that you choose to um, choose to say. And um, Jasmine, we'll start with you. Um, my name is Jasmine Bird. I am from Bowling Green, Kentucky, um, pretty much originally uh, born in Russellville currently in Russellville, but um, I am 42 years old, um, have two children, um, well, actually a grown man and another 16-year-old and two granddaughters, um, and my background as far as um, ethnicity is uh, my mom is white and my dad is um, African-American black. Thank you. Thank you. Jason, it's on you, buddy. All right. Hey, uh, everybody. My name is Jason Pender. Uh, originally born and raised in Miami, Florida. I am uh, currently uh, an entrepreneur of sorts. I have a couple of businesses that I run. Um, I also, um, I'm a father of three children and a husband, and I am biracial. Uh, my dad is black and my mother is white. Thank you, thank you. Stormy. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Stormy Cunningham. I am 38. I live in uh, Fort Knox, right by Fort Knox. It's Radcliffe, Kentucky. Um, and I have four kids. Uh, my mother, she is Caucasian and my father is African-American. Thank you, thank you. Thank you all for introducing James. Do you want to introduce yourself? Are you good? You good? Okay. No, I think they pretty much know me on here. I think they pretty much know us. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, today, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about growing up biracial. Um, we're going to just kind of have conversation, right? I always like to give a disclaimer. Um, 
as many of you guys know, we are in the United States of America where we are in a melting pot. So we are all mixed with something in some capacity. However, the individuals that are with us tonight um, have that direct contact um, with being um, mixed with something. Um, so I uh, want to let everybody know that these are our views and our opinions. Nothing that we're saying is um, trying to force anyone to be anything other than or believe anything other than what, they, what you already feel and believe. It's just conversation just to kind of get understanding and enlighten each other and anyone else that is that is here. Um, so um, I guess the first question I want to ask is probably one of the last questions that I, I, I had sent out. And that is, I want to ask you guys, what do you all think race is? What is race to you? When you hear people say um, people are of different race, et cetera, et cetera, what does that mean to you guys? And we're going to popcorn it so you all can, anybody can talk whenever. I struggle with that, with race in general, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I just wish there wasn't, that we didn't have to be classified. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. What race am I? I'm a human being. I'm mm -hmm. part of the human race. You know what I mean? That's how I view, uh, that's why I try to teach my kids. Mm -hmm. So um, it doesn't really matter where you're from. At the end of the day, we're all human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe you're kind of on the same page. I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 I didn't know. No, no, you can talk. I didn't know if Jasmine heard the question. Did you hear the question? Okay, okay you did. Okay, that's all. Go ahead, Stormy. You can go ahead. Um, I think I'm kind of on the same page. Um, my parents raised me where everybody was the same. You treat everybody equal, you know, um, and I've never... You know, obviously you see different colors, but I've never raised my kids to treat anyone different because of a color. So, you know. Okay. Um, I would have to agree with everyone else. Um, I was raised the same, you know, there's really no difference, you know, in, in anyone. Of course, um, there are the obvious questions and things that you have whenever you're growing up and we would discuss those, but for the most part, I mean, you treat everyone the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to like define things and then kind of go from there. And so of course there's tons of things when you Google race. Um, one of the ones that I, that I, um, Found it said it is the form of oppression based on race. Unlike discrimination, oppression takes into account power, who is positioned to hold power and who is positioned not to hold power as a result of the way society has been set up and functioned for generations. In other words, oppression takes into account agent and target group membership, people who identify as black, indigenous, I can't say the word, and people of color are targets of racism. So, of course, we know race is a shorter term phrase for racism. Um, so, when, so when I personally, whenever I would think of race, I remember as a young child, I would immediately go to racism, right? Almost like a power, power position, right, amongst the races. Um, so, you know, I think about when each of you all said, um, your parents didn't raise you all to see color. I remember when Ava was in, uh, well, she was three and she was in a P3 program at um, a preschool back home in Bowling Green. Um, it was a Holy Trinity Lutheran school. And she was from, I think they had like P3 all the way up to fourth grade. She was the only little black girl in the school. And my baby is a chocolate girl. And so of course she didn't see color, but me, Walking to the school, of course, that's the first thing I noticed. So I asked the teachers, like, how do you all, how do you all um, teach about color or race? And she said, she said, we don't. The only time we bring that up is when, you know, we're talking about God and the Bible and Jesus and how God loves us. Like, no matter what color we are, no matter, you know, what we look like, tall, short, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of times... Um, when I would Ava would come home, she would say, Mama, the little blue boy, he kept picking on me. And I'm like, the little blue boy, why does she keep saying blue boy? 
Then she come on, mama, the little red boy keeps playing in my braids and he tells me he likes them all the time. I'm like, well, that's good. But she was she was describing the kids by the color of clothes they had on, not the white boy or the black boy. And I love that so much. She didn't see the color, right? That innocence was still there. And then, of course, until it's not. So I do think that is that is great. And unfortunately, eventually, you know, the blinders are taken off and people do start seeing color. But I think to initially start out like that. I think that, I think that's great. I think that's great. James, did you want to tell your perspective on it? I definitely okay. agree. With, uh, definitely. Um, as far as race goes, uh, I, I agree with what's already been stated. We are all one race. It's the human race. And uh, at the end of the day, when we all look at it, in all actuality, when you look at the situations that we may go through, all of us have our own issues that we go through on a day-to-day basis. So it doesn't give us any rights to look down on anybody else as far as races or race, whatever it may be. All we have to do is just keep believing in God and trusting in God in all of our ways. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. Um, one thing that I see amongst um, a lot of people is uh, of the same race is um, colorism, right? Um, do you all feel that you all have been a part of colorism, being biracial, or um, yeah? Tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts on that colorism. Have you all had to? Do you feel like you've been a part of that? Uh, I guess I'm not really too familiar with the term colorism. Can okay. you explain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna give you the definition. So um, colorism is a pre- prejudice or discrimination amongst a, a, a culture, an ethnicity. For example, when I was I went to an all white elementary school growing up. When I got to middle school, around and I was so excited to be around black girls. Well, guess what? All the black girls picked on me. Why do they pick on me? Because I was light-skinned, because I had long hair, because I talk like a white girl, right? So it's prejudice within your culture. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe girls that are darker than me feel some kind of way because I'm lighter, right? So that's Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I didn't experience it that bad for the fact that we are right here outside of Fort Knox. so. Military, you're going to see a lot of interracial couples. And um, so I didn't have it as bad. I did have a couple of, you know, situations where, you know, I wasn't black enough or I wasn't Mm -hmm. white enough. But Mm -hmm. it it was it wasn't ever, you know, biracial children, really, that gave me Mm -hmm. any trouble. Mm -hmm. So when you went through that phase of not feeling like you weren't black enough or white enough, how did you how did you maneuver through those those waters? Um, I kind of talked to my parents and, you know, my parents are like, you know, you're you. You can't wash this off. You're not going to ever be, you know. So you mm-hmm. kind of had to I had to just embrace who I was and what mm-hmm. I was and um, just let everybody, know, you know, the, the jokes and the teasing and stuff. Um, I had my friends. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that were joking <laughs> and teasing weren't really my friends. And that's kind of just how aware I had to go with it. Right. Right. Exactly. Jasmine, did you experience that? Um, no, not really. I mean, there was a little, you know, picking as far as um, a big thing was always, you know, you, you think you're so pretty, you know, coming mm-hmm. from some people. And I don't know why, you know. Right. Person, mean like that sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get through it. And so and was that from girls that were darker than you it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most, of them. most of them um did you all receive any of that that type of picking from from white girls no no I can I can preach right now, but I'm not. I'm gonna stay focused. Okay. Um, okay. What about you? So, Jason, do you feel like you experienced that with with guys? Do you think? Yeah. You 
No, I don't think I've ex- experienced that with guys. I think I, I think I just got lucky, to be honest with you, because like I said, I'm from Miami, so we have so many different cultures down here. I mean, it's truly a melting pot. You got Spanish, Puerto Rican, Cuban. You got Dominican. You got Haitian. You got mm-hmm. Guyan, Guyan people. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. just African people. It's just, it's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah, and and everybody is a different shade, no matter where you're from. Everybody is not that same, maybe darker skin, like they may assume. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, James? Did you ever experience that um, growing up in the community that you? Um, that you are in being a chocolate boy? Um, I wouldn't say it would be being the chocolate boy, as they would say, but I would say it came more from what I did, where some of them was running around, hanging out on the streets a lot of the times. With Mm -hmm. my parents, I couldn't do that. I knew where Mm -hmm. I had to be. And a lot of them kind of thought like, oh, he thinks he's better than us because he's doing this. No, that's not the case at all. It's just mm-hmm. thanks be to God for the parents that I had because if mm-hmm. it wasn't for them, no telling where I would be. Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, I, um, what you all had already shared, um, you know, what you guys were are, are mixed with. Um, how did you guys identify yourself growing up and even now, you know, at school when we had to take the test and mark black or white or and like, um, I know some tests will or some things will allow you to mark more than one a lot of times, especially growing up before, you know, everybody took off the blinders. Um, you didn't really have a choice. You had to pick either or. Um, sometimes it gives more options now. Which which did you all choose growing up? Like from kindergarten till maybe high school, did it and did it ever change at some point compared to now? Yeah, I think for me it was always other. Mm. Um, especially growing up, it was always other. And then when someone would say, Well, you have to pick one or the other, then and like for instance, like maybe like a government. Uh, license or something like that where I had to be very specific or mm-hmm. contract, I think I would just put white because mm-hmm. that's what I look more like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily how I felt. Mm-hmm. But if I had to be classified for someone else to identify me, then it would be white. Mm, interesting interesting and so you did did you do that because because if i choose white they're not going to look at me differently or i will probably get this job interview quicker oh yeah it was never it was never never really like uh i was never really uh what's the word i was just like okay i need to put something down okay this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, mm-hmm. you want to classify me as something, you want to put me in a class, you want mo- you want to put me in a box. Okay. Mm-hmm. I look more like this box, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's what okay. it came down to. Okay. 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 What about you ladies? I was um, always told you're black. You're black. Like I was just, that's how I was raised. I mean, military, what your dad is you're black Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of always how i did it but when i got to high school i had never realized until like my junior year i guess someone saw me and i guess they thought it was wrong so when i had got one of my transcripts back it said one and one meant white (laughs) and so when i had went to my counselor he looked at me he was like no you're not white and then so they had to correct it but yeah Interesting, interesting, which, you know, a lot of times, especially when you go back and read in history, you know, they say that we are supposed to always identify uh, whatever our father is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole paper, brown paper bag thing back in the day, if you are, you know, look so much 25% like this or whatever the percentage is, then you have to identify as black, right? Or you're going to be in the field, you know, not in the house. So, so yeah, that and that's different. Um that is definitely something that I have always taught my nephews. Uh, I, you, you can put white on everything if you want to, but when they, when the police look at you, or uh, a white mm-hmm. man, they're not seeing no white mm-hmm. boy, they're seeing mm-hmm. a black boy, right? Um, and uh, so anyway, 
I'll share my story later, but go ahead, Jasmine. Um, I just, I always selected two. I would select both of them, even if they check one. Nobody yeah. ever corrected it. So I always mm -hmm. selected the two. And then, you know, eventually there became a two or more race. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I thought that was a moving point, honestly, whatever that was. It was. Point. It was progressive. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I oftentimes, I, I think I remember talking to Natasha about that back when we were kids and asking her, you know, what she, what she would put and, um, you know, I think it just depends. It depends on what, you know, the applications that, you know, said, you know, the options. But um, it seems like in times past, a lot of people that have been of multiple races would, would typically put other. Um, and then they, a lot of people, I've heard people say that they don't want to, they don't want to not acknowledge one more than the other. You know, like that's an internal. Yeah. I don't want to not acknowledge my mom's side or my dad's side. You know, absolutely. I'm you know, and I and I feel that. And I and I would say if I was of mixed race, I would definitely try to put both every time I could. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's cool. Um. Um. So now at this age, do you all still practice those same methods? Do you all still do that? Um, now I put two or more races. Mm -hmm. All you guys do now? Yeah, I mean, other or, you know, mm -hmm. other. If it's if they got to be specific, I'll put other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why do you think that's changed since you were younger? Um, I guess every time I see the question, it just bothers me. Mm -hmm. So... Part of me is like, I want to be like uh, the guy that says, you know, what? Well, screw it. I'm just going to put Chinese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. You, so, you know, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what does it really matter? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but for the most part, I put other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll let them guess. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them. So just to to kind of hit on it not mattering and you know um i definitely do agree with you to some extent but um i guess previously working in employment and human resources and having to account for certain races and things um affirmative action you know um i guess that's a reason why it does kind of matter, you know, to make sure it's equal treatment for people. So I, I think that that's one reason why that started being such a, you know, something that needed to be completed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's good. And, you know, we don't, you know, we don't always think of the bigger picture, you know, when we're doing it, we're thinking about, ourselves in this moment and why we do or do not like or want to answer the question but that that's good to know that's definitely good to know um what about you stormy has you, yours hadn't changed you said you answered you answered you told me yeah. um did you all feel like growing up were you all closer to one side of the family versus the other side were you all around one one side of the family more than the other or was it kind of equal both ways um, I think I was closer to my mom's side. Um, they, they were just a little bit more accepting of my parents interracial relationship. My dad was from Georgia <laughs> and, um, they weren't very comfortable with it for a little while. Um, my grandmother finally got a little bit more comfortable, but you know, my mother dealt with a lot of rude comments and remarks for a while. Um, and the older I got, it got a little bit better because I guess they realized my mom wasn't going anywhere and I wasn't either. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, she was a tough cookie. And, um, interesting. you know, so I, I was much more closer to my mom's side than I was mm -hmm. my father's until, like, at, like I said, as an adult and my grandmother, you know, she did apologize and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, given where where she lived and 
what she knew and how she saw. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't like completely blame them or fault them um, because there's also a fear on the black side when it comes right. to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I, I think it's 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 always interesting for me to hear when the black side is more resistant to accepting, right? Because usually we are the ones that's more accepting and it's the white side that gives the pushback. So, right. so that it's always interesting to, to hear that, to hear that. Okay, Jasmine, Jason. So yeah, the question is, who, what was the question again? Who I identify with basically? Or uh, which side of the family were you closer to oh. growing up if you were, if it was, you know, pretty equal? Right, right. So I was definitely close to my dad's side of the family. Uh, my dad being black, mm -hmm. uh, black American, a um, little bit of Indian in there as well. Um, all my cousins were accepting of me. I, I never had an issue with race. Never had, never, I can't recall one time when someone said, you know, the little white boy or mm -hmm. the, the kid that doesn't have a, you know, a primary color or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just yeah. thankfully. And yeah. maybe that's what, maybe that's the energy that I um, gave out as well. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That it really didn't matter to me you know, uh, what you thought of me, basically, if, if I was white or black, I'm, I'm just me, right. just Jason, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good, that's really good, that's good. Jasmine? Um, I was equal with both sides. Um, luckily, you know, everybody was pretty close on both sides. Um, my mom's family and my dad's family are, you know, maybe 20 minutes apart as far as the counties go. Mm -hmm. So um, there was just, you know, one grandma may take me to the other grandma's during a summer break or something. Mm -hmm. I would typically split up time. Holidays, we would go to one in the morning and the other in the evening. So, I mean, everything was pretty equal. Yeah, that's good. That's definitely a blessing for sure. For sure. Um, so, so if you all had to like imagine, um, or think back to your childhood, um, what was, what was something that like stuck out to you more than anything about your family dynamic? What was like the thing that you hold dear good? Um, uh, it could be something you hold dear or something you're like, uh, that is something that I don't want to pass on. Um, is there anything that you can think back on that, that, that makes you kind of feel either of those ways? And it's okay if not, but. Yeah, I have to think about that one for me. No. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Um, do you guys feel like you guys missed out on anything because you were biracial? Or do you feel like um, you all's childhood was, was pretty normal? Uh, I'll be honest. I felt like my childhood was great. Um, it was just, my childhood was great. I mean, I hadn't, I really had no issues with any of the black kids, any of the white kids, the Spanish kids. Um, I think, I think for the most part, I think with me is I could identify if I was in a large, let's say I was in a larger group and they were predominantly black people or black kids, mm -hmm. I would identify with that. I guess I'm not saying that I, my demeanor would change, but I was amongst my people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and the same thing for when I was around like a group of white friends, mm -hmm. I would, I didn't change. I was mm -hmm. still who I was. I still dressed the same, but mm -hmm. I also identified with them as well. So mm -hmm. I kind of, I always said it growing up, I had the best of both worlds. That's good. That's really good. For sure. What about you ladies? Um, so, I mean, I'm not, Definitely not trying to be, you know, controversial or anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think that we, at least on this podcast right here, have been, you know, pretty fortunate with our families and, you know, how we grew up. Um, I do think that, you know, the times prior to us, you know, like when my parents were growing up, Mm -hmm. it's quite different. Um, And then to just kind of look back at that and then see how I grew up and then to present day and me personally raising two black young men, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lot of the things that have gone on in the last few years, you know, just bringing a lot of light to things that really weren't even topics whenever I was growing up. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure they were, but, you know, not like they are today. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was just different times, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, you know, it's kind of had me revisiting different, you know, just different things growing up and, and family and just trying to dig a little deeper you know, um, mm-hmm. on both sides. Uh, so just a different perspective to throw in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stormy, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I was just very fortunate. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is really good, which is good. So can you all say that you all have always been comfortable in your skin? Jason, you definitely sound like you have always been. Yeah. So, yeah. Stormy and Jasmine, both of you all as well? Yeah. That's good. That's really, really good. That's good. That's good. Now, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, everybody has a mom that is white or Caucasian. Do you feel like you all, it was ever an awkward moment with you and your mom? Um, because For any reason, whether it's hair, whether it's makeup, whether it's whatever it is, dating, was there ever something... Um, that was maybe not that you would say this or felt this, but if she was a black woman could have related to you dif- differently or better versus being a white mom. And don't uh, take that as being bad in any kind of way. It just sounds bad, but you know, cause we love our mamas. I know y'all love y'all's mom, but I'm just saying if, if there was ever a moment that something happened, that if she was a black woman, she might've related better than she did as a white woman. Um, I don't think so. I, I I mean, I know I make the joke and my mom still talks about it. I used to tell people my mom's clear because she <laughs> wasn't quite white. You know, like my mom will give it to you how it is. And, right. You know, so I didn't really experience any of that where I'm like, she doesn't understand. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. my mom was always around black women and, you know, so she knew the culture. She mm-hmm. she was a cosmetologist. She went to cosmetology school. She did mm-hmm. black hair. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, so my mom, she was she was on it most of the time with everything. That's good. That's what about you? Um my mom, my mom has never been a hair doing kind of woman anyway even Mm -hmm. pre me so (laughs) I definitely did not change anything for her Mm -hmm. Um, so you know hair was just something that around four years old I started you know carrying around a water bottle to keep my hair wet all the time Mm -hmm. so you know it would just be curly all the time so Mm -hmm. Um, my aunts, um, whenever, you know, summer visits or whatever, I would go to my dad's sisters and they would do my hair for me, you mm-hmm. know, every now and then. So, I mean, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. My mom, nothing changed, you know, yeah. she's always been like that. She's never been a high heels kind of girl, right? you know, makeup very little and, mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm I'm quite the opposite, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> where mm-hmm. that's concerned. Or mm-hmm. used to be, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. Jason, what about you? Uh, I think with my mom, she just always understood the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came to my dad's, <clears throat> my dad's defense 
quite often to the point where, you know, it would get annoying sometimes. Mm. Um, so she faced a lot of that. But her parents and my dad's parents were all for it, you know. Love is love, right? So mm -hmm. um, they went through all that ad adversities and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, she just, you know, she knew what she was signing up for, and right. she she went head on with it. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I know I had a question on here about hair. Um, what did y'all have any like? Well, and I guess Stormy, yours might have been a little bit easier and better because your mom went to cosmetology school. But was there ever any like hair wars? Like, you know, your mom, I don't know what type texture y'all's mom's hair is, but was there ever a difference where like mom just did not know what to do with, with, with your hair? If it was in its complete natural state, curly, whatever did, um, what is that? Is y'all's hair natural curly? Is it more straight? Is it more wavy? What What is you all's natural hair pattern? I'll be short and simple. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll be short and simple. I mean, <laughs> um, my hair was confused. It, really? it start. It started out straight, and mm -hmm. we see my my when you see like title photos of me, I actually had blonde hair. Wow. But then it started getting really dark, really dark, 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 dark. And then it started curling in some areas mm -hmm. um, until I lost it. But yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. but it, it was just confused. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I had um, real big curls. My hair, mm -hmm. my curls weren't tight or anything. And they were just really bad. They still are. But yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So was it easy to manage for you when you started fooling with it or was it and for your mom as well? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Now, my hair was short when I was little and my grandma had took me and my cousin to take pictures. And of course, she didn't know. So she picked it. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have like an afro. Right. Like that, but yeah. right, right. Okay. Mine's natural curly as well. Okay. But all of my younger pictures are all afro type picture the curly mm -hmm. curly bro right but the older that i got the more that you know straightening products and mm -hmm. different things became available and then right. it would just make my hair longer i think mm -hmm. is why i like to straight so much so, yeah. yeah and i think that's most little girls too for sure yeah right. i will um, say so i will say something about the hair thing though i mm -hmm. did have uh, growing up most of my friends uh were black Mm -hmm. Um, and I used to admire, you know, back in the day when you used to put like lines and you put like the S curl and then you put like, the Gumby thing. Right, oh, right. I used to like, man, why can't my hair do that? Do that. <laughs> you know, I used to literally, I, I just had a conversation. I reunited one of my friends uh, from my old block two mm -hmm. weeks ago and we had that conversation. I was like, man, I used to love your hair, man. I used to, oh. You put like the S curl with a do rag, mm -hmm. and I actually, <laughs> I actually got a do rag one time and just mm -hmm. played with. My mom was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't really hear guys say that, right? You don't really hear them admire yeah. them like so. That that's interesting. That's interesting to hear that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used I used to think it was cool. You know, I yeah. couldn't really do too much of my hair, so right, right. Did you all experience um, outside of what we've talked about with, you know, some of the little mean girls what it didn't sound like you guys really experienced bullying outside of pretty much what you all shared. Is that what I'm hearing? I didn't experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, pretty think, much I think the worst thing I got called was like an Oreo or a zebra or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't anything oh. that was just going to be detrimental to me. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, so do you all remember the first time, I mean, have you all experienced someone calling you guys the N-word? Yes. Do you remember the first time and what you thought and how it made you feel? You mean somebody who did not know us or? Yes, yes, uh, yes. I've. 
I've never been called the N-word. Okay. I don't so, think I experienced it until an adult. Really? So, yeah. And it, it was, it was how, when I was with the, I was with my husband. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know. The, so in that moment, how did you feel? What, what, what did you think? And oh, I, that, I mean, go ahead. you're angry. Yeah. You know, I'm, it, you're upset about it. You, you know, it wasn't that I didn't understand. I understood mm-hmm. what their reason. I mean, they were just hateful, mm-hmm. but yeah. Right. What about you, Jasmine? Um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't truly experience it until I was about uh, 20, mm-hmm. almost 21. And, um, you know, just to keep it short and sweet, it was it was with an employer. And, um, you know, we we resolved everything before it went too big. But, um, but yeah, it was actually a big deal, you know, back in right. 2000. So. Right, right. And, and they, and they did it thinking, knowing you would hear them or that you wasn't going to hear them? No, um, they actually, it was, it was management. So it was more than just a, a coworker, you know, but um, actually had a conversation. And whenever I asked about it, you know, it just kind of blew up from there. And so I ended up being terminated for that reason. And so there it went. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I had a thought when somebody was saying something. Um, I'm not sure. So did you all, you're, so you all are married. Did you all end up marrying a black person or a white person? My husband's black. Uh, my wife is black. She's uh, actually Jamaican. My husband's black. So do you all, you know, they oftentimes say girls marry like their father, boys marry their mom. Do you all feel like that fit in you all situation? Do you all, have you all dated um like all races or were you always attracted to black women or black men or did it matter? Um, share, share that with me. Who wants to go first? Okay. I'll go first. I feel like I keep going first. I try to give everybody a pausing time. Like, no. um, I have only dated biracial and black men. I've never dated a white man. And is there a reason? Um, I just, I feel like maybe that's just what I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's cause I'm daddy's girl, but I mean like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at y'all. Who's going to go? <laughs> I'm saying ladies first. Hey, um, I think mine is about an attraction too. And I've just, you know, historically been attracted more to black men. Okay. Yeah, I had, um, so I've always been attracted more so to black women. Um, but I've have dated several other, uh, different cultures Mm -hmm. and, um, I've dated white as well, um, but I, I I would stand to say that I really don't, I favor black women by this much, you know? It's just, I'm more attracted to the personality than anything else, you know? And so it sounds like for all of you guys, it's more of an attraction thing more so than because my dad or my mom is this color. So it's just more of an attraction thing. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, you all have children. Um, now, did your children um, take on more of the African-American black side or the, the white Caucasian side? 
And are their parents, well, I know yours, but I know Jason, you have a child that's not with your wife. Is his mother mm -hmm. black also? His mother is also black, yes. Okay. yes. Okay. And okay. they both they both identify as black. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, so yeah, so okay, so that identifies black. What about you all's um children, Jasmine and Stormy? Or you got a baby girl. Has she been in that weird questioning phase yet, Jason? Is she mm -hmm. does she identify as black as well? Yeah, she does. I actually um asked her today what she identified as, and mm -hmm. she said, you know what? I guess black. I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she's 12 years old. Um, right. So the school that she attends now is probably like 20% black, mm -hmm. another 10% um, Spanish, and then the rest Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she identifies as black. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> identify as black <laughs> your boys identify as black and both of their fathers are black as well right yeah. okay yeah. okay storming so i have um four two of them are with biracial man and then the other two are with my husband a black man um my oldest daughter all, all four of them look different but they look the same it's kind of <laughs> odd but um my oldest daughter considers herself biracial so she she did that. My son, I asked him the other day because I told him I was coming on here and I was curious and he said he identifies as black. Um, and then my younger two, my um, third child, she said that she identifies as um, biracial. She's with my husband. She um, is also my lightest child, which I, you know, that was crazy to me when I, I didn't know what to expect. And then my, old, my youngest daughter, she identifies as black mm -hmm. and she doesn't look like she has a white grandmother so <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they all look yeah. different but the same yeah that's interesting um so um the um, i guess one of the questions that i was curious about um i guess as as parents now in this generation with children that are you know eight to 25 26 years old um, given all that's been going on, um, as Jasmine said, the, the world we live in now is definitely different than when we were younger and then definitely different from when our parents was younger. So the conversations that you all have had, especially with your boy children, um, your male children, has it, has it been hard to communicate with them about these things? Or are you guys just that, uh, keep it real honest and let's just, Put it out on the line how have you all handled those conversations with your with all your children um so i think for my two boys um who i who identify as black men um we just sometimes especially uh the younger of the two boys who's um, he's my son, right? So my wife has a son from a previous marriage. He's full uh, African-American and Jamaican. Whereas my son is um, maybe 25% white. Um, we have to remind him on a, consistently that, hey, you are a black boy and you can't really, can't really what's the word you have to be careful and cautious of who you're around mm -hmm. the things that you say um you have to be aware um and he doesn't really fully get it at mm -hmm. times so we have mm -hmm. to kind of just instill that in him because he's had a, he's had a pretty decent childhood as well and it's just like me growing up same thing where my parents would tell me hey you know you're still you're considered black. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be cautious. You know, people might want to take advantage of that or uh, put you in a, in, a, in, a, in a light that that you didn't create. You know what I mean? So we have to remind him that, hey, you're a black, you're a black boy. You know, you got to 
just be mindful of that. It's not ideal, but yeah. yeah. Um, with our son, we're really we have a lot of conversations with him the same way. Um, especially with dating, he's seventeen now. He's interested in girls. Um, just about he he. You know, he doesn't discriminate. <laughs> so we know <have> we <laughs> don't go in anyone's house unannounced. You don't, you know, don't be caught somewhere you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we really, you know, harp on that. My husband is big on that kind of stuff. Just letting him know when he goes out, keep your head on the swivel, you know, mm-hmm. know what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm a lot like Stormy, you know, when it comes to dating is when, you know, the conversations have to be had a little more. And that's one of the things immediately because, you know, sometimes they don't think about even that part that that, you know, that parents could have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the first things that I ask whenever, you know. They, they talk about girl or not D anymore, but Jaren, you know, especially mm-hmm. he talks about girls like, does her parents know, you know, or are, mm-hmm. are they okay with that? Because, you know, I just don't even want to go down that road. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's important. Um, I, um, I have two nephews that are biracial. Their mom is white and I have a niece whose mom is biracial. And um, they are all um, different. Um, they all went through, well, I think only really one of them went through that identity, trying to find his place. Um, and it was, and I don't, I, I, I don't know that he really knows that it was kind of hurtful um, for, my, for my parents. Um, so uh one of them he's a black boy hands down you know he'll say i'm biracial but i'm pretty sure he identifies as black um and i I, all of them i'm pretty sure identifies as black however um one of them um went through that identity phase probably maybe middle school um, you know, parents going to the games, my parents and, you know, supporting like we they, we always have. Um, but it's almost like he almost kind of got ashamed of the black side of him for a while. Um, and it was really hurtful for my father because he, you know, all the black history that I've ever learned came from my dad. Right. That's just the man that he was. And I think it was when maybe the Jackie Robinson movie came out. Um, and both of the boys played basketball and baseball, and he took them to see that movie. And it kind of shifted him, his thinking, right? When he realized, it's almost like sometimes you're in denial that both races have done crazy and terrible things, right? Like one race is not better at all, you know what I'm saying, than another race. We've all done crazy things, right? But I think sometimes they get caught up in thinking and forgive me for saying this, white is always right, Um, when that's just not the case, right? They've done crazy things just like every other race has done crazy things. You know, as he has, as he has grown, he's been the interesting one to watch grow. Um, um, mm, I think that he, we call him our country, our country, or our cowboy, our black cowboy is what we call him. Because one day he will be in Jordans and joggers and looking like the black boy. And the next day you may see him in some red wings and his cowboy hat, right? And But that's him. And now, to me, he embraces it so much more, both sides, confidently, right? And I love that. Because, I, you know, we've never said you need to be more one side than the other. We want you to love everybody. You know what I'm saying? But it was just interesting to see him go through that phase right um i you know hear stories growing up of you know children that are mixed race going through um the identity crisis not feeling like they're one more than the other um 
but at some point it pivots. Um, he went to, to the reserves and um, I told my parents and I said, when he comes back, he's going to be black. He's going to be black. I'm just letting y'all know he's going to be black when he comes back. They're like, ah, you know, okay. When he came back, it, he, he was embracing it more, right? You could just clearly see that. I don't know. And I almost think, not almost, I know that he is a kid that can cut up, kick it with anybody, which can almost be scary because we're like, don't be too trusting of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be too, because at the end of the day, when you're with your white counterparts, guess what? You still black. And I did ask him, I was like, do they feel comfortable saying the N-word around you? Have they ever said it? He's like, no. And I was like, okay, cool, right? But when he was there at the military, I do, I, in the pictures, you could see that the crowd that he was around was the black boys. They embraced, right? And in my reading and my research over the years in school, it has always been a thing that most of the time, which is why I said, Stormy, your 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 story is, is unique about your grandma, your black grandmother. Most of the time, blacks accept everybody easier and quicker than other races, right? It's just how it's always been. And even when you think about HBCUs um, and how, if if anybody knows the history on why they were started and, you know, the, the land grants and all of these things that are behind why HBCUs were started was because white people didn't want us to go to their colleges. They didn't want us to gain the skills and tools. And even if we went four years, they would try to dummy it down as if we only got an associate's degree, right? Because they didn't want us to be where they be where they are. So that's part of the reason why we had to start HBCUs. But when we started those HBCUs, if there was white people that wanted to come to our schools, we never dismissed that. We still welcomed them. You know what I'm saying? So I think as we, as a black woman, speaking on um, this topic and just having friends and family members that um, have had these experiences, it's always interesting for me to hear people's stories. And I'm thankful that all three of you all have had some really good experiences and not been devastatingly bad like some of the other people in other parts of the world, right? I mean, even us being in Kentucky and I think, you know, that can be a fine line. And then, Jason, you've been in Miami, which is, like you said, a melting pot. I think that definitely helps shape you and your confidence, right, in who you are as a person. And, and of course, your parents and your family. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's great. I think learning all history is very important um, because we have a right to know. Our kids have a right to know. And um this topic is hard for some people it's it seemed way easy with you guys i think because you all story wasn't um too dramatic um which again like i said we know that that's not the case for other people so um as we're coming to an end um i just want to say thank you and i want to give you guys a chance if you all um had to talk to some other little girl, little boy that is of mixed race and was struggling, what would be like the top two things that you would, you would um, share with them to make them, to make them feel better? <laughs> Ladies first, or you want me to go first? Um, I would, I would just say, um, it's, I think it starts, um, I think it starts with the parents. Um, and if for some reason you're not getting, um, that assurity that you need as a young adult, um, you just got to look within and just trust God and, um, know that he puts you right where you need to be. Um, that's basically, you know, that's what comes to mind when I, when I think about your question. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I've been fortunate. I love, I love my, I love my culture. I love being biracial. Um, and for me, it's just the best of both worlds. And if maybe if you have like an outlook, maybe you can see it. It's almost like you're seeing you're seeing the world through two different lenses. 
and it's the perfect world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's um, it for me. I think I would just let them know that you're beautiful as you are. You're made with love. And, um, you know, just push through. And I just agree because, I, I mean, that's, that's, I agree with them. Okay. 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 Um, so, James, um, do you have any um, thing to say or would you like for me to, if, well, let me do this first. If you all have any type of businesses or you work at a job that's hiring or anything like that, we always like for people to advertise their businesses or, you know, if you work at a job where you're part of the hiring process, um, we always like to give people the platform to, to do that um, because we know word of mouth is everything. And I definitely know all too well how challenging entrepreneurship is. Um, so if you all want to share what you do, how people can find you, um, please, please go forth with that. Yeah, so I'll go. Um, so I recently started a new business venture um, where I just recently opened up a lounge. And the name of the lounge is actually called Afro Lounge. Love it. Um, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. It's underscore Afro Lounge underscore. Um business partner of mine he's from ghana he's an african man um he pitched the idea to me and we've been hitting the ground running ever since nice well congratulations on that appreciate it appreciate it and we're located in pompano beach i didn't mention that okay pompano beach florida okay jasmine storming And to advertise, but thank you for having me. It was is nice conversation. Thank you, thank you for being here, Stormy. Um, well, my husband he um also has a podcast mm -hmm. and um he has a network. So I mean um through my eyes with one eyed Willie. It's about the culture, hip hop. Um, and then I am also starting a podcast that'll be coming out soon. Um. It's for basic adults <laughs> and it's uh that's what she said. And mm -hmm. so it'll be on the same uh network, 258 network. So there you go. Okay, okay. Well, um James, before I do the final wrap up, do you have anything to say about anything that we talked about today? Um, I know you was kind of the man behind the scene because we not of mixed race, but um, right. do you have anything to to add on or to say? Uh, definitely, this was a great episode tonight. It was definitely informative, and uh, I love episodes like this where we go away learning more information than what we did when we started. That is what this show is all about, is educating and helping each other learn more. You all stay with us, bear with us. We will be on break the whole month of May. We are finally taking a break, and uh, we will be back in June and uh, picking up and hitting the ground running. But while we are on break, starting May the 11th, we need you all to go to the Music Love Awards website and vote for, I'm sorry, May the 15th, I'm sorry, and vote for Real Talk Monday as the podcast of the year. So y'all walk with us, vote for us, and we would definitely appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, thank you all for uh, being here and having this conversation with us. I think this has been probably one of our more calmer conversations, which is kind of new for. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you guys for being here and sharing your stories. And I'm very thankful that you all have had great experiences um, being the beautiful people that you all are. Um, of course, I am Tevis. My um, 
my business is Savet Empowerment, where I do coaching and consulting with educators from birth on up um, and training. So if you all know of any programs or educators that need me, tell them to call me. Also new entrepreneurs, um, just helping with leadership development, organizational development. And um, you can find me on IG and Facebook and TikTok. So that is all I have. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you all for coming on. See you all in June. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk Monday podcast. Now it's time to hear from the purpose pusher, Andrea Purry, with your weekly words of affirmation. Okay. So let's do this month. Affirmations. I am marching into success. I am marching into more than enough. I am marching into my miracles. I expect and I anticipate greater. I receive greater. I have favor. I am favored and favor follows me, goes before me and surrounds me. This is your month of March affirmations. Have a blessed day.